Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our Gospel reading from the Gospel of St. Matthew in chapter 15 today. It brings something significant into question. We should look at ourselves and see how we see our Lord Jesus Christ, because what it brings into question is, how do we perceive the nature of God? How do we see Christ, our God's nature, towards us, particularly when we stumble and fall? How do we perceive that he views us? How does he see us? How does he respond to us? And how does he call us to respond to him in those times where we have fallen short and done some damage to our conscience and some damage to our souls? You see, the reality is Christ our God is ever in motion toward the sinner to restore to the sinner everything lost to them from the fall of man or even the bit of inheritance that we may have spent as we went to pursue things outside of the order of God. This is the nature of Christ, and it is revealed to us in three parables that our Lord Jesus Christ tells in St. Matthew 15. Now, you heard two of the parables chanted as our gospel reading, but there are three, and they are together in an unfolding revelation of the nature of God towards those who fall, those who sin, both inside the church ark of salvation and those who are outside in need of redemption and restoration. The first parable that he tells is the parable of the lost sheep. The second is the parable of the lost coin. Those two you heard chanted, but immediately following that last verse chanted is the parable of the lost son. The parable of what we know as the prodigal son. All three of these, Jesus is revealing himself to those who are listening. And we're told in the beginning of that gospel what prompted this teaching on the nature of God towards the sinner. Because we're told at the beginning that sinners and tax collectors had begun to be drawn to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was drawn to be with them. And he would be with them. And he would dine with them. And the Pharisees and the scribes, I want you to hear their words complaining in disgust at what they see with Jesus Christ. You can almost see the snarl on their lips as they say these words. This man receives and dines with sinners and tax collectors. Even their expression, through their, vo their voice, and you could probably see it on their body, told the story of how far these who were to be the shepherds of Israel, how far they had gone and distanced themselves from the very nature of the God who had given them such great mercy and kindness all of their days. And so Jesus tells these three parables, stretching them, desiring to stretch them beyond the current way that they see the nature of God towards the sinner in order to be in hopes, open their eyes to see God very clearly and respond with their very hearts to the Lord their God. St. Ambrose, he so beautifully summarizes the three parables saying this, the parable of the lost sheep reveals the nature of Christ our God to us, his heart and his joy in going after and receiving to himself those who have fallen and restoring all things to them. The parable of the lost coin, it might surprise you based on how you're used to seeing this, but there is a harmony and harmony of the early church fathers that tell us that the parable of the lost coin actually reveals the nature of fallen man, shows us 
what mankind has lost and how it may be regained again in our Lord Jesus Christ. And in the third parable, the parable, the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son reveals the nature of the father and particularly the nature of the father when the one who has wasted it all comes back to the house and it shows us the true nature of God every moment that we turn unto him. So let's have a look at these three parables. First, the lost sheep. Please let me encourage you. When I read the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, let him reveal his nature through the words. See the picture of himself that he's painting to you through, through these incredible words. And I say that regarding all of these parables. The parable of the lost sheep, Jesus said, what man of you having a hundred sheep, he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and pursue the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, carrying it, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine persons who are just and in need of no repentance. Do you hear his heart? I want you to hear it more, so I want you to hear the words of St. Ambrose and St. Basil the Great, describing the nature of Christ toward all of us who stumble in sin. St. Ambrose said, let us rejoice that the sheep that had strayed in Adam is lifted on Christ. The shoulders of Christ are the arms of the cross. There I laid down my sins. I rested on the neck of that noble yoke. The Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. He sought you. He pursued you. Because as in Adam all men die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive again. St. Basil the Great. Leaving those that have not strayed, the good shepherd seeks you. If you will surrender yourself, he will not hold back. In his kindness, he will lift you up on his shoulders, rejoicing that he has found his sheep that was lost. Look at all that's being revealed about the nature of Christ to us. Every blessed time we depart him to go our own way out of his order and live in the disorders of this world and the passions of this world. Listen to what's being revealed. Our merciful Lord Jesus Christ is relentlessly pursuing you in those moments, wanting to bring you back, place you on his shoulders so that you can rest and so that you can mend because of what happened to you. He is in passion, in a holy way, to save you and to restore everything that was lost in your little journey. This is the nature of Christ our God. He seeks after us so that we can experience that kindness, so that we can experience that profound mercy being poured over our lives, even in the momentary lapses of the day, where we get distracted and we go off and chase our passions. This is who he is, folks. This is who he is. What about the parable of the lost coin? I mentioned to you, this parable has everything to do with all of that that was lost to man. Okay? And how it may be regained again in Christ. Jesus said these words. What woman, what woman having ten silver coins 
and she loses one coin. Does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The church fathers teach us that the woman is the image of all of us souls in the church, and every image, every life and soul of mankind outside of the ark of salvation. What are the ten coins? The church fathers tell us that the ten coins, they represent a fullness, a fullness of inheritance. The ten coins represent the perfection of the image and likeness of God that we were created in paradise to have upon us and to grow into. And it also represents that which we received once again upon our baptism. St. Cyril of Alexandria says in this way, the ten coins represent a perfect number, a sum complete in accounting. And he says that the ten coins are the completeness of life that we were indeed granted in paradise. And then he goes on to say that it is the life we regain once again at our baptism when we receive once again our white garment, the white garment of the condition of our soul, when we receive the fullness of the inheritance of our Heavenly Father in our baptism by the Holy Spirit. But the woman in her life loses a bit of what she had, loses a bit of that perfection. She loses one of the coins. In other words, she doesn't have the same fullness, and it disturbs her that she has lost something. And so she seeks desperately to find what was lost to her. St. Ambrose, listen to his words. Faith, fullness of faith, is the coin that the woman in the gospel seeks for diligently. We read that she lit a candle and swept her house. After finding it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, inviting them to rejoice with her because she found what she had lost. The damage to the soul is great if one has lost a portion of the faith or of the great grace he had gained to himself in Jesus Christ. Hope you're seeing this clearly. If you're not, the reality is we actually experience the life of this woman and the disturbance of this woman and the loss of the coin far too many days of our life. I go on to say most of them. We have experienced this. You see, when we are remaining in our Lord Jesus Christ, keeping our wedding garment clean, attending to the voice of the Holy Spirit who is deep in our conscience and verbalizes for ourselves, no, deny yourself that. That's going to bring harm to you. Stay in Christ. When we are living in that manner, our life is enjoying and growing in the fullness of our inheritance. Our souls are at a contented state. They're at rest and peace. There is no splinter in our conscience. There is no burden upon our conscience when we are existing and living in and from our Lord Jesus Christ. And in evenings where we've lived that way throughout the day, when we put our heads on the pillow, we experience the joy and peace of an undisturbed soul. And we put our heads on the pillow in praise. And I will confess to you, that is the lesser of the days than the more in my life. And you may find it the same. But it is the truth when we live in Christ. But what happens in those days when we willfully, when we willfully pursue the passions that bring harm to our soul? 
when we spin down a bit of our father's inheritance on something incredibly earthly and finite and damaging to us, we lose something is what we experience. We lose a coin of the fullness, and we experience that. You see, we spin down a bit of our inheritance, and because of that, our contentment diminishes. Our souls become disturbed, and our consciences became wounded. And they become bruised and heavy. You see, by our removing ourselves from the order of the father's house, just like the prodigal son, that's how we start spending down the inheritance of the grace of the fullness of life that Christ our God has bestowed upon us. And we experience the diminishing of an experience, the human experience in this life, the true human experience that we are all to be gifted with and have been gifted with in our Lord Jesus Christ. But our Lord Jesus Christ in that very parable is shining upon us and showing us the way to recover what we lost. How do we respond to God in the momentary lapses? And I pray as soon as we lapse, very quickly. How are we to respond? Listen to what the woman does and doesn't do. The woman, when she lost some of that inheritance, when she lost some of the perfection and lost that coin, she realized she was missing something. And she doesn't hide and run and go out of town because she's ashamed that she lost one of the coins. What does she do? She becomes active. She becomes a searcher, a seeker. She lights the lamp that brings light to the entirety of her house, which is the house of her soul, until she finds what was lost. Why? So that once it's found, she can bring it back to Christ for that restoration. And I tell you, my friends, that this is the very heart and the very nature of the repentant life in Jesus Christ. This is the breath of true repentance. That is, when we fall short and we sin, we immediately recognize by the very gift of that splinter in our conscience. While it's bringing us pain, it's telling us something. It's showing us you've lost something far and you've brought yourself to an experience in this life far less than out of my love I want you to experience. And that splinter in our conscience is to drive us towards Christ with what he shows us. You see, Christ mentions that the woman lit an ant, a lamp, that's an oil lamp. Okay? The woman lit an oil lamp, and oil always represents for us the Holy Spirit in our lives. St. Ambrose speaks to this about that parable when he says, light your lamp. Your lamp is your eye. That is the interior eye of the soul. Light the lamp that feeds on the oil of the Holy Spirit and shines throughout all of your house. Search for the coin, the redemption of your soul. If a person loses this, he is troubled. But when he finds it, he rejoices. My friends, we move pleading with the Holy Spirit to enlighten us as to the damage that's occurred. What have we done? Show us the reality, not so that we can cower in shame, but so that we can thrust ourselves to our Lord Jesus Christ for the experience of his profound mercy and restoration. And that is the parable of the lost coin. Finally, the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son. Now, most of us, we know this story very well. I'll tell it to you very briefly. A son and a father, they have the household, and the son enjoys every benefit that is afforded to him in this incredible household of his father. But one day he goes to his father and he says, Father, I want to experience life outside of this household. 
I want to go and see what's out there outside of the order of your house. Give me your give me my inheritance so I can go. And it is the father's love that grants him the inheritance. Never steals the will of his son or forces him to stay. He lets him go and he gives him his inheritance. The son goes off and we're told that he squanders the entire inheritance of his father on drinking, immoral living, everything outside of the order of his house. And believe me, his experience as a human is diminishing. And when his money is all spent, we're told that even his friends abandon him because they were just on the coattails, enjoying life with all that money. He has nothing and a famine hits the land. And when the famine hits the land, there's nothing to eat. So he gets a job feeding pigs on a farm in a distant na nation. And the only thing that this man who once had it all, the only thing this man has to eat is the pods he's feeding the pigs. And it's at that point he literally had a decision to make. Continue in this and die. That was one very real decision he could make. Or, and thank God, he came back to his true self, came back to his mind. And he looked and he said, and he remembered his father's house. And he said, even the servants in my father's house, oh, they are living so much better than I am right now. I am not worthy. I'm going to go back to my father and ask to be a servant. I'm no longer worthy to be called his son. And so he makes his way back to the father's house. The key revelation to us is the father's response to seeing his son even at a distance. It shows us the heart of your heavenly father always towards you when you fall. What we're told is this. After all of the horrendous and destructive living and waste of funds and his own life and his own soul that the son did. Look at the father's heart and actions as he returns. The father, thinking his son had died. He sees him coming in the distance. And the father, we are told, runs to him. He runs out. The father initiates the relationship before a word comes out of the son's mouth. The father rushes to him. And the father sees his condition and how it had deteriorated just by the look of him and what he was wearing. And he said, give me the finest robe in the house. Put it on my son. And give me the ring. Put it on his finger. Please understand what the ring was. The ring was the family identity. When the father rushed out, before a word comes out of the son's mouth, the son receives the entirety of his identity restored to him from the heart of the father that was just so happy he was alive again, you see. Sandals. He has no sandals. Put them on his feet. Kill the fatted calf. Today we celebrate. I thought my son was dead. He is alive. Are you hearing the heart of the father? I'm going to go even deeper with this because I read this week for the first time, again from St. Ambrose. I've never read this before. St. Ambrose describes the heart of our Heavenly Father by this parable in a way that I have never seen. It's the most beautiful description and accurate description of the heart of the Father towards you and me when we fall, every time we fall and return to Him. Listen to His words. We are sons. Let us hurry to the Father. Let us not fear because we have squandered the inheritance of spiritual dignity that we receive on these earthly pleasures. Do not fear that perhaps he will not receive you. For the Lord has no pleasure 
in the destruction of the living, already meeting you on the way. He falls upon your neck, for the Lord sets the fallen right. He will give you a kiss that is the pledge of his piety and his love towards you. He will order the robe, the ring, and the shoes to be brought. You still dread harshness from your father, but he has restored your dignity. You are terrified of his punishment, but he offers you a kiss. You fear reproach, but he has prepared for you a heavenly banquet. Isn't that beautiful? That is your father. Now hear me quickly. Woe to those who never turn to him. It's their choice, and it breaks the father's heart. Father's not casting anyone into hell. Men and women decide not to receive life. But when we turn to him, and every time we turn to him, this is the response of your heavenly father. My friends, please, please, please see God clearly in the times of your failures, in the times of your struggles. Christ, our God, seeks you when you depart him for a moment. To place you back on his shoulders so that you can heal and mend and rest from what your wanderings produce in you. And when we fall short, allow the Holy Spirit to be that great lamp that illumines what happened. Why? Not so that we can hide from God or run to God, but present him with what needs to be restored and have all things restored to us. And watch your heavenly Father rush to you and restore your dignity back to you. Clean once again that white garment given at the baptism and restore the fullness of his inheritance to you. The life that he has prepared for you and always desires that you live in. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.